You've tuned into the Are You Screening podcast, originally live and an effort to bring you instant reactions to films. We try to stick to that theory and bring you unedited, unfiltered, and largely off-the-cuff opinions of movies, along with interviews, industry news, and hopefully a lot more. Thanks for listening, and let's get right to this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Are You Screening podcast. I am your host, AreYouScreening.com's own Mark Eastman. And with me, as always, is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. And uh, this week, uh, we are going to mainly cover the French Dispatch uh, in some sense, yeah. uh, because uh, that's the, the big thing we want to cover. And uh, we're going to touch on some other movies. And we're coming into the end of the year, and we're going to be, as the year uh, comes to a close, uh, going through, like, God only knows, four and five movies a week and uh, everything like that, probably until, like, the end of January, by the time we really actually get to uh, cover everything. Um, Because this is a time of year where uh, we have to watch just uh, jillions of movies uh, at a time. I was just saying uh, before we went live, like I got uh, two movies uh, that I had to watch last night where they said, where it was like, watch this right now and uh, go, you have to do it. Okay. So, uh, and that's, you know, on top of the other movies I was going to be watching anyway. So it's, uh, it's going to be from now on super crazy. And uh, this week, it's only going to be like a little crazy, maybe. Just think, the light at the end of that tunnel is your favorite time of year. It'll be list time. Right, When yeah, we come up for air in great. January, yeah. <laughs> Anybody that's not familiar, Mark doesn't like it. He doesn't like the list. <laughs> right. That's all right. Uh, I like I like lists just fine. We make uh, do I don't like uh, ordering the lists where, no, the, where the, the order part. is it, supposed to make it sense. Does, you know, that's like, you know, it's like saying I like cooking. I like buying groceries, but I don't like chopping them and cutting them, cutting yeah, them and mixing no, them. Like, it's no, not. no, that's the best part. Uh, all right. <laughs> so, I love yeah, it. That's the best part. <laughs> that's the best part. Um, and before we jump into other things, uh, I do <coughs> want to just say that, uh, you know, by by the time we get to net next week, there's a bunch of stuff we have to cover just because there's so much stuff uh, in theaters, but also we will be getting to stuff like The Power of the Dog, which is a big thing, but, Man, it, but that's uh, already on Netflix. Yeah. Um, so we will be, you know, catching up with a few things that we're behind on. And uh, I also want to throw out, uh, because we're not going to be doing it this week, uh, and it's already out and everything, um, but uh, I don't think that we've ever mentioned Encanto in any way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's it's a cool movie. Is it? Um, yeah. And I know you haven't seen it I haven't yet. Seen it. Um, but, you know, as much as I'd like to give it more, I can only give it like an eight. Um, and, okay. and, uh, part of the, it, it's, it's very fun, yeah. but it is very odd. And there are, mm-hmm. there are lots of odd things about it. There are things I don't, I didn't like love about it. And, uh, I feel like somewhere in my grade, uh, I have to admit that, uh, when I get direct information from kids yeah, that something's weird about it. Right. Then something's weird about yeah, it, right. you know, <laughs> and, and that has to uh, factor in. <laughs> uh, but it is uh, if you if you haven't seen it already, if you are really super interested in seeing it, yeah. you've probably seen it already. But right. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, it is a lot of fun. I don't love the songs in it. 
which is odd. Yeah. You know, normally uh-huh. I, I, you know, I probably wouldn't care. Either I would, either I would go, yeah, that's a cool song, or I would just not care because whatever. Right. right? It's an animated musical, and who cares? But some of the songs really, I just was like, what? I don't yeah. know. They were a little odd. I didn't mm. like the song. So, mm. so there's that. Um, so, uh, anyway, the point being coming up, uh, there's yeah. going to be 10 million things. Yeah. And, uh, if you have not caught the power of the dog on Netflix yet, uh, you want to do that because it's, uh, the thing everyone's talking about. Yeah. Whether, I, whether it's, whether it's good or bad or indifferent, um, I'm not even going to give out a rating because, uh, you can watch it I'm and watch it soon, whatever. Um, so this week, before we get to the French Dispatch, uh, we're going to yeah. go through a couple that I've already said a little bit about, oh, yeah. but you had not. Uh, I've caught up, gotten on with them. Although you've got my scores written yeah, down, right so so we could, I guess. Um, so we're going to do Tick Tick Boom and the harder they fall. Right. Um, the harder they fall is uh, you know really doing good actually on netflix it's it uh, still it's, stays up there on yeah, the yeah. Like, top of the list and must watch and everyone's talking it's, about uh, it, it's pretty big and i i will give the movie that it's like kind of fun but since you have them handily written down right yeah <laughs> and i don't want to say the wrong thing because i don't have them in front of me no uh we can just remind people of what That's my insane. ratings for those movies yeah. were and then we can let you have like your my quick thing y- your take on them and then I will make fun of your take on them. That's fine. Whatever. That, that's so. totally easy. The harder they fall is easier, and that was the that was the first of them. You gave it six and a half, and when I when I wrote it down, it was like a week before I even fired it up, so I didn't remember what you wrote down. I gave it a six and a half. I uh, I had it right. in my head. I'm like, I gotta go write that down, and I'm like, well, son of a bitch, that's the same thing. That's weird. The the best part of the harder they fall is just how how easy the story is to sort of like get into it's it's a very i don't want to sound terribly dismissive and i won't say it's derivative it's just an african-american take on a very common western right you know somebody did somebody wrong somebody wants vengeance somebody's got a gang somebody else has a gang those guys have a past there's some women involved there's some guns there's always a town that has some crooked people you can put whatever shade of skin color you want on anybody and tell that story and if you do it right with enough talented people, it's going to be fun. It's going to be engaged. And I was engaged in it in a bit of a way I didn't think I would be. The reason that it's only six and a half for me, despite the amount of fun I had, has really not much to do with the story and not a whole lot to do with the acting, which I thought overall was was solid. Um, I hated every single sound of music in this film. And there's a lot of music in the film. Yeah. Being in a saloon. That's that all seems so weirdly out of sync with what the movie's trying to do, and it felt pretentious. It, right. it felt like sometimes we'll watch films. It's it's weird. We bring this up every once in a while, and unless we're watching a musical, which is funny, Tick Tick Boom is next. But unless we're watching a musical where the song is actually important to the narrative, if you see somebody putting in like a heartfelt song. I always wonder, did they do the work to convey the emotion that they're trying to do, or are they ter- trying to make me feel sad because the music is sad? Right. This film, it just, it, I have to, I have to accept that it's quite possible that culturally, this isn't for me. So I don't get the 
importance of the songs that are here. I thought they sucked. I thought every single one of them sucked. And the bad part about the film is by the time I hear the third song, and it's not a musical. I just mean like background music and theme music. By the time I hear the third song, and I'm counting the song in the credits as one of them, I thought I was going to have a really, really rough time with it. Early on, it felt pretty derivative of Quentin Tarantino's films, not just Django, but other films for some of the style and the camera work that was happening. But either I stopped paying attention to it or it stopped doing it because it kind of slid into a, a rhythm that felt good, predictable, but good. So that's six and a half. That's a pretty easy thing. And, it, and it's a pretty and it's a pretty easy thing to suggest to somebody as long as you know they like westerns. Right. You know, like you, you don't love horror. I'm not wild about war films. <clears throat> you get somebody who doesn't like westerns, this isn't the thing to tell them to go see. <laughs> well, right. You know, this is just not it. Yeah. <clears throat> so it is it's got like fun in it, but it, it is, and uh, I mean, I know I've already talked about it, but I don't even remember exactly how much I uh, went into any detail about it since you weren't going to be participating. But yeah. uh, it is a lot of fun in places, but I feel like this is a ultimately a very weird movie where uh, it's like the, the parts are better than the whole or yeah. whatever. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. each scene is uh, much better than the movie, or yeah. or at least a lot of the that scenes makes, are. You know, yeah. not every scene, but uh, a lot of the scenes are like a lot of fun. But then you have to incorporate it into the whole thing, and it's like, yeah. you know, and, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I agree. You, you know, the next scene kind of is not that interesting. And the scenes, I feel like, do not connect in the right way. Right. Where you've got like uh, you've got this one scene where you've got the old like sheriff guy mm-hmm. goes into the saloon uh, run by whatever gang right to get the one guy from who's not exactly in any gang <laughs> right. but then he kind of is or yeah. whatever uh, and you know he just like stands up and points a gun at him and right. goes we're leaving. Despite yeah. the fact that he's in the saloon of the gang, yeah. right? And, you know, people are, like, pointing guns at him, and he's like, oh, he's coming with me, or he dies here, or whatever. Right. I'm like, man, I don't know what, like, you have, like, a weird sheltered life of right. only watching plays. Right. And that's, like, your only exposure yeah. to life in general. I'm like, that scene is like as hokey yeah as when the train stops right before right. it hits the horse you right. know yeah but then you go to another other scenes <laughs> and it's train. like oh no it's uh we're not doing like a whole hokey thing at all yeah it's it, it's a whole other movie right. and it's and so like the scenes that are just weird like that scene for the the whole part of that scene once he gets up and points a gun yeah i really expected something else to happen yeah me too like something completely different. Like all of a sudden he was going to like put the gun down and go, ah, just kidding. All right, come right. on. Or, you know, yeah, you right. know, whatever. Yeah. It's like, like that's not a real thing. Right. Like he didn't just leave right. and they let him or whatever. I'm like, whatever. I don't know. But uh, so it, it's just a very weird thing where the scenes don't seem to follow each other. And then like you'll get to the next scene and everyone's talking all serious mm-hmm. and it's all emotional and it's... Yeah like all this very real stuff. And so what ends up happening 
is that you get to the very end of this movie and it has not in the remotest way earned anything about the end that happens in this movie. The end. And it doesn't make the tiniest bit of sense for uh, Idris Elba's character. Yep. Like at all. To do any of the things that he has done to get to the point where he says the things that he says. Right. This is no joke. It's not that often. But... I mean, and it, there's a bit of a fluidity to this, but yeah, I was like two, two and a half stars gone right there. Right. Like it was right. that badly done and badly conceived. I'm like, why would you bring your movie to this point when there were so many other places along the way for this to have never happened? Right, right. And yet you're not even doubling down. You're it's, everything. Yeah, it's like, like, it, it's like this movie uh, was made where we had this end in mind. This is the end we wanted to get this to. This is one right? of those work back froms. And, yeah. And yeah. It, except like somebody else was writing all the beginning stuff who didn't know the end <laughs> right. that they were trying to get to. Yeah. And then they get to that point and they go, well, whatever, just put it together. It's oh, fine. So it's That's like, hey, fine. Mark, it's get, like, <laughs> get these characters to a confrontation in a saloon at the end. And right. I, I got the thing at the end. Don't worry. You're right. Like, right. All right. And I'm like, okay, so I got I all it. this stuff. And then we don't change anything. This stuff. Right. Like, right. We'll just keep it the way it is. Start <laughs> shooting now. At, and know, then like, you just paste them together. It was, it was not, it wasn't jarring. It was almost like you said, it was almost kind of like scoffing laughable like right really you guys come on you guys it was uh and and that would be okay if the rest of the movie was different was, if the if right. if all of the rest of the movie was you know a little less serious about everything right because we're not then in that film. then you'd go all right fine or right. you know whatever it wouldn't be it wouldn't be as big a deal anyway right yeah and you know the one other thing we don't really need to go on and on about this movie probably except uh, you know I will reiterate um, I I, re- I liked everyone it was in fine. it right, yeah, it, right. It, it, it's fun and I I yeah. did really like everyone in it yeah. except when you get to the end and then you go oh whatever like right. like the end of the movie like Idris Elba I swear to God looks like he's gonna start laughing <laughs> like he's like I can't seriously do this right. like this makes no sense. Or yeah. whatever, like he knows, right? He knows. I mean, it oh, was yeah, it, it was very yeah. weird, right? But the one final thing that I do want to say about it, there, there was a weird thing for me in this movie, and I do like westerns, yeah, and yeah. I I watch a lot of westerns. I you know I've seen every old western, whatever. Right. I mean, not every because there's ten thousand billion, of them, right? Of them, but you've seen a lot of them, <laughs> um, yeah. but but I do like westerns. But the thing that it was weird for me in this in this film is you've you've got the town. In the West, right? right? <clears throat> in every Western, whatever, right? Um, you know, the man with no name rides into town and you've right. got like the town there, right? And they're odd, right? In every Western, right? It just yeah. seems odd to us or, you right. know, to modern man or whatever. Like yeah. it just seems odd that there's just this little, you know, like 10 buildings. And there's and there's nothing else like uh-huh. for miles, right? right? And and that's how it really is, right? And uh, and you know, I grew up in Arizona where you can go to Tombstone sure. and it's the real town, right, it's still it, right? right? It's not a fabrication, and, and that's yeah. really how it is, yeah. right? That yeah. that's really how the towns were. There's like 10, 15 buildings, right. whatever. People live on their ranches mostly, yeah. or, you know, and in the surrounding in. area yeah. and, you, you know, whatever. I mean, just there's old towns, right? Somehow in this movie, yeah. it looked fake. 
Yeah. And somehow watching this movie when they ride into the town, it made me kind of go, those were never real. Right. There never was any right. such thing as that. Right. Like, it was the weirdest thing. Yeah. It just looked so <laughs> bizarrely fake that it was like, it looks like when you're walking in Disneyland and you go, those buildings aren't that tall. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. yeah. It's like, right. I don't know. There was something very yeah. weird about the cinematography, the set construction the right. what, whatever it was but it just looked it looked fake even though it's a it's real like yeah. it's a <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know it was it there's, was a, there's a weird there's a fun thing about the film i'll say <clears throat> that kept me going through a lot of it which was the conception that i don't see too often in in films like that where a lot of black people you know in america in the wild west they're like pooling all this money together to make their own town right right you know and there's like there's an idea behind here that if we have enough cash we can do this how are we gonna get enough cash well i don't know there's a few stage coaches there's a couple trains let's banks let's do some stuff i love that idea of yeah we'll have and run our own town and this will be a safe place for us I'm, okay i'll watch two and a half hours of that go even if you're doing blazing saddles that's a great idea but if you're doing Unforgiven, that's a great idea too. Like go whichever direction you want, but man, just stay on that track. <laughs> Don't right. suddenly turn it into the Scooby-Doo, yeah. Adam Sandler, Steve Buscemi, you know, <laughs> reveal. Like just don't do that. But yeah, it was, so, uh, anyway, it, it's it, weird. But, but like you said, but still, it's fun all, all and, that complaining yeah. and griping, it's still, it's pretty good time, yeah. you know, and, and that, that film is not short and that film kind of flew by for me. Yeah. It, it moves at a pretty good clip. Um, uh, all right, so uh, tick tick boom. So tick tick boom, and, and let's remind everyone what I gave it. You gave it a four. All right, it's not it's not really that uh, it's not really either of our kind of films. Whenever musicals come up, I always start cracking up because I always tell you like I feel like speaking for myself, of course, but I feel like I'm an incredible judge of whether a musical is good or not because I think some of the best musicals of our time are South Park. And Grease too. So if you get sure. a great musical, it's gonna like grab me and cause that's my taste. Like right. I think those are fun musicals. I've had other people disagree vehemently with me about my taste in musicals defining that. But I, I genuinely thought Tick Tick Boom was gonna be the kind of film that I did the following because I was about to do the following. I had laundry in front of me. I was going to fold that. <laughs> right. I had right. some Christmas cards, holiday stuff to sign and send out. And I don't often do this, but I expected because of the kind of musical that it is. And I know, I know who it's about and I know rent and I know everything. And I know Lin-Manuel Miranda played this, uh, Tick, Tick, Boom was a very famous Broadway play or, or off Broadway play. I think it's Broadway play. It doesn't matter. Probably off Broadway and then it got big. And then he fell in love with the story and started doing things with the success of Hamilton. He can do whatever he wants and he's always wanted to bring this story forward. That's cool. I just didn't, it didn't feel and sound like my kind of film. So I gave it a five and I felt like in a really weird way, I liked it more than five. But yet again, just like with The Heart of They Fall, but more importantly, because this is a musical, I hated every single song. Except one. Right. There's one song that I liked, and I liked it against my better judgment. But every single song in this film is not the kind of musical song that I like. I'm a very simple person to please. I like easy rhyming schemes. 
You know, give me A, B, right. A, B. Don't give me A, J, and then some hieroglyph and then B. <laughs> if you've got, if each verse has seven syllables in it, and then every fifth one has 14, because you're just trying to finish a sentence about going to get groceries. I, I hate that. That just drives me nuts. I found myself watching the whole film, the laundry didn't get folded, and the cards didn't get written. It was bizarre how, despite not being an incredible super fan of like Garfield or anybody else that's in this film, I was totally engaged by it for some really weird reason. And that sounds like I should be up in the six or seven range. It didn't, it didn't grab me in that way, but it was like I wasn't in the mood to watch Lethal Weapon. I don't know what mood I was in to watch a film, but I wasn't in a musical film mood. And yet when it started just telling its story, I, I was pretty into it. I just started watching it and having fun. There's too many songs. There's too many pretentious, like, look at me. I'm singing. I'm dancing. I've got to go to the door. I got to get the mail. I'm going to sing. Like what you said, I don't love stories that sing to do basic tasks because just go do the task. Right. Don't tell me it's time to make the bed and then sing about pillows and sheets and you know, blah, blah, blah. Just make the friggin' bed. Go yeah. on with it. This goes 12 minutes into making the bed, that kind of thing. Right. And I, I loathe that. The only song I liked was <clears throat> near near the end, Jonathan is dealing with a bunch of stresses and trying to find resolve. And he, there's this, you know, strange solitary piano at this amphitheater. And he just plays a song off that. And I'm like, okay, I like that. Right. That sounds good. You guys wore me down finally. I got one out of 53 songs that I like. Right. Tick, tick, boom again for somebody who doesn't like musicals. If you don't like westerns or war films, I'm not going to tell you to watch this film. I don't think you can deal right. with it, but especially because for me, I, I lied. I think I did fold a few shirts because the first 10 or 15 minutes didn't grab me at all. Right. It's a lot of song and a bunch of things. Um, it, it's, it's, interesting enough in a way that caught me by surprise and for just some reason and i don't and it wasn't even that i'm in like i said i'm I, andrew garfield's not a bad actor he just didn't do this amazingly commanding thing i was pretty pretty amused at watching the whole thing as much as i did you yeah. know it was it was it was a fun surprise but man just song wise gone yeah five. it's uh <clears throat> so yeah like you said i i gave it a four and you know i guess pretty much I've got like the same story. Uh, I I was not even as interested in it as you were apparently. Yeah. Um, just you know, there was something I feel like it. It was a very weird thing where this is almost like you know the autobiographical documentary musical of your attempt to be a person who writes musicals, right. kind of a deal, right? Um, and there, there's something weird about it for me seeing it as a movie where, uh, and Andrew Garfield is really good, yeah. but there's something weird about the screenplay where, you know, uh, all throughout somehow it's like trying to tell me the story of a guy who is like really coming across like pretentious and like he already won right and now he's telling you the story of how he got to where he won but also he's still like that guy i'm way cooler than yeah. you or whatever and it's like yeah. a really weird like vibe to it but um 
And, and you know, there there's some cool parts in it. It's not yeah. like it's a one or I hate it or anything. No, yeah. And, you know, as I think you've implied sufficiently, I mean, neither one of us are exactly musical people, but no. I do like musicals when I like them. Yeah. I love Hamilton. Yeah. And, and the weird thing is, like, I like Hamilton where it's like you just sing absolutely everything. Everything. And, and that's like the point, right? Yeah. I'm fine with that. Right. And I like other musicals, right, right, where there's like a story and every once in a while you break out in a song. Right. But it kind of makes sense yeah. in some way that we stuck this song here, right? right? But in this one, it's just like we just wrote a screenplay. Right. And then at certain points, just, you know, put quotes around parts of the screenplay and mm-hmm. wrote some music. Well, And it's like you're just it, like... These were all just lines people were going right. to say. And then somebody, and, and then like you sold the screenplay to somebody else who said, nope, right. like right. make that, a, that's a song now. Yeah. Like just whatever words you were saying, that's a song now. I hate that. Well, there's also like you, you're just I'll delivering take either your... extreme. Yeah. But I, that I, middle I, thing <laughs> where just randomly you saying. I'm with you there too. It almost feels like you're in, if you were in a table read. You know, and it's a musical, so there's stuff kicking around, or you're doing it on a stage, and someone goes over to the piano, and they're like, bum, 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 and they're playing something as you're reading, and you're like, that's kind of got a good vibe, let's get, I realized, I realized something that the film was telling me early on, um, Jonathan meets with this, you know, producer who's letting him use some space for a performance, and, and... Uh, he's talking about writing a song about sugar. This is a very specific thing in the film. Right. And he goes, would you write a song about sugar for? And he goes, I just, you know, just to see if I could, writing exercise. And I thought, that's this movie in a nutshell. Right. That you basically, the fun of the Bo 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 song, the Bohemian song, that's the most fun that I thought the film could have carried in a song that might have done really well on a stage. But in the film, it just felt too forced and it felt pretentious. It felt like right. it was really going like, it's been seven seconds since we did a song. Let's do a song about sugar because, hey, why not? We'll sing right. about everything. It reminds me that at one point I probably, fresh out of high school, I probably thought I was still a theater kid. I'm not a theater kid anymore. The, these kind of things where everybody's sitting around and they're all tortured artists and they're all talking about how they just want to pay their bills and get together. And then somebody starts tapping a spoon and then they right, come up right. with something on the spot and everyone's in harmony. Eh, to hell with you. Right. I'm, I'm not a theater kid anymore because that stuff doesn't, that doesn't land for me. Right. And I'm, I, I'm not curmudgeonly beyond measure, but just stop. stop. And you know, I think I probably would have even despite the ways in which, you know, this movie did not connect with me. Uh, I think I would have still given it maybe a bit higher. Mm-hmm. Um, except, you know, overall I'm trying to, you know, judge it as like a movie and, right. and not just doing. like, uh, this is a great musical or I yeah. love these songs or I've heard this all before. And now I love the songs or, you know, I've been listening to the Hamilton soundtrack for a year before I ever saw right. it. And now I saw it and I'm like, Oh, it's great because I love those songs or, yeah. you know, whatever. Right. And, you know, I feel like the thing about this movie that really sort of drove me crazy and pushed me out of it is that this is a, a movie where I'm supposed to just be watching this guy. Yeah. Right. And I get to the end of this movie and I'm like, I don't think that's really that guy. Right. Like, I, right. like that, 
that's the yeah. that's the version of that guy that he wants the, right. on his resume right. or whatever. I but agree. I'm like, man, come on, like this is not that. This is not any guy right. or whatever, right. right? This is and so you know, trying to watch it and get through this character as he you know quote unquote develops or, right. and stuff, and you're right. like. Yeah, I don't know. So well, anyway, there was, it was just uh, it, it was just very distancing for me. There's, uh, there some was people two might, things, you know, have oh, yeah, it might, it might absolute land. opposite reaction. But. I thought I thought if the movie had been, had been more like the scene where uh, Jonathan loves swimming and it clears his head and he he figures out a song when he's swimming and it's beautiful. Right, I loved right, that because right. I loved finally seeing what was manically in that guy's head and how he portrays. I mean, it isn't a beautiful mind, but how he portrays like, oh, I'm, I'm unlocking this. I get this now. And watching that happen, I was like, yeah, dude, where, where the hell is that movie? I'll right, watch right. that movie all day with even all these songs in it. But that's a very fleeting glimpse. And it also, this is an older, I mean, this isn't like the age of man telling stories, but this story is like 30 um, well, probably close to, I mean, we're 40 years in now. This is an 80s story. It felt a little Friday Night Lights to me. Like I've told you, so many films came after it that stole Friday Night Lights' general story. General idea, sure. That when you finally see Friday Night Lights, you're like, that ripped off all these other films. <laughs> right. You realize they all ripped off from this. This story felt sort of weirdly derivative of everything that derived from it right. in a weird way. Right, right. Um, You know... I, I also think a very strange thing is because it's based on a real guy and because there is real story here, it doesn't always work. But at the end of this film, if you saw it, um, they show the real Jonathan in, as they're rolling the credits. Oh, yeah. And oddly, that was more effective than I think people would give that credit for. That made the movie better in a very <laughs> weird way because I don't think Andrew Garfield looked like the guy at all. And I didn't necessarily believe from what snippets I saw, he captured like these mannerisms. He must have been doing something right because right. Lynn Manuel Miranda was like, keep going. But watching the real Jonathan in these things, interacting with all these people, actually kind of elevated the film a little. Right. Like, right. not tons. I'm not talking stars, but sure. I'm like, that was really cool to see. That was really interesting. Right. So. All right, uh, so that's that one. And, you know, that uh, I'm going to just throw out real quick. Um, that makes me think of uh, House of Gucci, which um, oh, yeah. you have not I seen, it yet. seen yet. Yeah. And uh, I'll tell you, that is a really weird movie. But, you know, the weirdest thing, just your little surprise uh, knowledge of other movie that we'll yeah. throw in in the middle mm-hmm. here. And uh, and I'll tell you right now, I didn't like the movie. But yeah. Uh, that movie, for some reason, there's something about that movie because it's not like this is the first time this has ever happened or whatever, right? Right, right. But for some reason, it stood out to me so weirdly hard in that movie. Uh, it it was really distracting that they demanded that people look like the real people. Yeah. And I was <laughs> like, you know, if you're doing a movie that's basically like a biopic of, you know, Elvis or mm-hmm. Madonna or right. a president or whatever. Yeah. And right. you go or, or you know, like Winston Churchill when. Yeah, uh, right. When Gary when, Oldman when, did it. When we had that, you know. Yep. And you're like, you know what? The They should look kind of like that person right. at least. Right. Like at least some. Yeah. And it doesn't. 
<clears throat> it doesn't have to be great, but at least some, right? Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm on board with that, right? In this movie, it was so weirdly distracting to me. And I was like, you know, what the hell do they do that for? Right. Like, w- what service is that actually providing to, like, the movie or the craft or, you know, right. whatever, anyone's ability to yeah. convey this person? <laughs> like, nobody knows what the hell those people look like anyway, right? right? Like, <laughs> I had to go look up the people to know... <laughs> If they looked like them, right? right. I mean, because, uh, you know, Jared, Jared Leto in the movie, he looks 100% different than he looks, sure. right? Yeah. So I'm like, obviously, he must look like the real guy. So I had to, like, go look up the look real guy. And I'm yeah. like, I mean, he kind of looks like a the little. real guy. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, he's balding. Not and even in a passing. He, yeah. He's balding and pudgy <laughs> and, you know, whatever. And, but I'm like, God, it was so weird because... Uh, you've got, and I'm not going to babble too much about this, but you've got Al Pacino, right? Al Pacino looks like Al Pacino in Gucci clothes, right? He doesn't look like we we had to to make him look like this guy, right? He looks like Al Pacino wearing Gucci clothes. Lady Gaga looks nothing really like the real woman, except she's got like the hairdo. Right. They right. they That's put her me. they put her in the right hairdo yeah. and and go, okay, now you're this person or whatever. Yeah. But then you got either one of them or both of them <laughs> in a scene with like Jared Leto or uh, right. Adam Driver, right. who Adam Driver's not exactly super made to look like the guy, except that you know, they're trying to make him look uglier. Right. You know, and, and have the right glasses and, that he wears and, yeah. or whatever. But when either of them are in the scene with the other, you know, with like Jared Leto, especially, you're like, I just feel like those people are about to say, we take off that stupid wig or like, you (laughs) look so weirdly costumed. And for what? Like, why do they do that? That Like, it's so, it's so, it was in this movie anyway, it was really weird. It was so distracting that I actually started thinking, why do they do that at all? Yeah. What the hell difference does it make? Nobody knows right. what like third cousin Gucci that <laughs> whatever, photo albums. right? It's like when you know. see when you see them sometimes break, it's always in a like a Saturday Night Live skit. Like somebody will look at someone and be like, this is just the stupidest looking wig I have ever seen. Or your mustache has fallen off right. or right. you know, something like that. And it must take a great discipline to be on a set that isn't comedic right. and look at someone who looks just right, looks so right. stupid and you're like gonna deliver this line in <laughs> yeah. the accent i'm supposed to do you know so and and and, and everything in the movie is you know as serious as be things super, could like, be super right? serial like, serious no one tells a joke in yeah. this movie right like you're <laughs> right. you're odds anyway i think i could have predicted you wouldn't have been a big fan uh, of that. now uh it was really it was really weird but we'll get to that okay. uh later coming up yeah okay the french dispatch so um the french dispatch wes anderson uh everyone's heard all about and it stars this, everybody this movie and it stars right everybody's everybody in this movie imagine. and um it is the story of um a okay a fictional newspaper in kansas that has a fictional uh, European office in a fictional town in France. Right. Where what happens in this story is uh, the guy who owns the Kansas paper sends his kid to go learn the business by running the the French dispatch yep. of the Kansas 
whatever sun or something. Yeah. Um, and, and it's basically like a little magazine-y, right. you know, thing, right? Yeah. And, uh, and so he goes to run it. The idea is kind of that he's just going to go over there for a little while, right? Right. And run this and then learn the business and come back and whatever. And uh, he never left. Right. And it's like, I don't even know, 50 years later, whatever yeah. the hell it is later. Um, and so it's uh, Bill Murray is that person. Right. And uh, he dies. And the story that we get of what happens, it's hard to actually say what the story it's just is. It's sort right? of weird it's listening like, to you <laughs> Right. It the, isn't a spoiler that Bill Murray dies. This The whole no, no. series of events happens because in the beginning of the film, Bill Murray dies. Right. And, and what happens, although uh, you kind of have to piece this together uh, yeah. by the end, and it's not like, I mean, there's no spoiler. There's no spoiler in, here. in this movie it's anyway. Kind of film. But, but what happens is uh, he dies. And in his will, it's declared that the thing will just end right. and, it, and it will be no more. And there's uh, one last issue yep. where they reprint like three of like the coolest stories or right. whatever. Yep. And then we get the story of those stories right. yep. <laughs> that are going to be in this. Yeah. <laughs> and we get them sort of like as they originally happened kind of or whatever. And we get like the writers who go and, you know, whatever. And then we get the stories. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and that's really it. And we basically, we, uh, we get the version of these stories and we see the events, uh, you know, as opposed to just what the person wrote, we see like the events that happened that led to the stories and the whole thing. And, uh, and one of them is like, uh, you know, prisoner artist who became famous and, yeah. you know, I mean, and I'm not even going to go into all the stories. And, uh, like you said, everyone's in it and, uh, it, including, uh, Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. Who is, uh, in this like it, utterly bonkers, like student protest thing that right. was, that was the story about some anyway. So that's basically the story of what happens. And, uh, I'm going to, uh, in this particular instance, uh, throw it to you and throw you, you under the bus you and demand scared, that you go first. You scared, man. Um, no, no, I'm totally not scared. But. No, I know. <laughs> um, a, a bit of a preface. I really liked most of Wes Anderson's films that I've seen. I actually don't think I've seen them all, although if I look back, maybe I, maybe I surprisingly have. Um and I really like the last few that he's done. I really love Moonrise Kingdom. Really had a lot of fun with the Grand Budapest. I think we split there. You didn't hate it, but I think I was like at nine. And you I were, think you were at like you were six. higher. Like but, I think you still were favorable to it, but I, maybe you were seven. Like, maybe but I was, seven. I was high. Yeah, yeah on I it. think seven. I just had so much fun with it. And when the when the trailer for the French French Dispatch came out, I thought this looks just like all the others. It's going to be kooky right, and weird right. and fun. I gave this a five and a half, and. I, this is a really, really weird film to try to go into for a bunch of different reasons. But it, just to, to start it off with, when the film works, I loved it. And when the film doesn't work, it's not that it was hesitant for me. I was completely bored when the film doesn't, doesn't work. And there's a big stretch of time when, for me, the film just wasn't working. There's, there's like you set it up, you know, there's four stories. There's the one that's overarching about... Bill Murray and who he is and the and the death of him, but there are these three interludes that 
that sort of happen. Um, one of them I found that I liked very much. One of them I found I didn't like very much at all. And then the third one, I was just kind of reeling from feeling like I was digesting either the first or the second one while the third one was still happening. I, I wonder if I'll like the French dispatch more when and if I see it again, because it will give me a bit of time to go through. But if I just say to you, you know, you're going to see a Michael Bay film or you're going to see a Quentin Tarantino film or anybody who is very stylized in what they tell and how they tell it. If I tell you, you you're seeing a Wes Anderson film. So Owen Willen, Owen Wilson is Wes Anderson, Owen Wilson. Right, that's really right, strangely right. hard. <laughs> Benicio, Benicio Del Toro is, is Wes Anderson. Bill Murray is just Bill Murraying. Right. But... You know, Francis McDormand is Wes Anderson-ing. And if I say that, that should probably mean something to you. For the most part, it's fine and fun. But I won't say I was disappointed. I just will say that I don't think that Wes Anderson films are for everyone. And it felt like this one wasn't necessarily for me. Right. Even though I had fun. I had I had so much fun with the first the first story only because after it got cooking, it was just goofy fun like i was having a blast with it um and some of the reactions of the participants that are in it doing their things there's some very wes anderson animated stuff in the third one i was eating that up i was having a blast with that too most of my problems are with the second one which i expect was your favorite so right yeah the, the second, the second, the, the revolution one thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So this is actually, I think very interesting, uh, now that you've given it. And especially since you talked about like oh, earlier ones. So, right. Um, so like Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah. Um, I really, really loved. Yeah. Um, and I think I still, I mean, I really loved it. And I'm I'm not sure. I can't remember right now. And I'm trying to think back to you know me was, as person who wrote it because it was right. uh, whatever. But I don't think I gave it a ten because I do still feel like I have some problems with what was happening a little this. bit with it. So maybe it was like nine it was or whatever. Close. And uh, and the Grand Budapest Hotel. You know, I really like Wes Anderson. Yeah. In general, and I especially like Wes Anderson because. Uh, you know, he's one of those people that are like, uh, so I think I gave that one a seven, right? That sounds right. Um, uh, but I'm like, I'll watch Wes Anderson make sevens, like All try time. and miss and yeah. make sevens. Like I'll watch everyone that comes out because yeah. there's still stuff that I loved about it. Um, there are things and the Grand Budapest Hotel for me is like a real, um, I think, connection uh to this movie because there's a lot of stuff in that movie where it's like there's kind of like animated parts yeah there's weird um there's weird like kind of uh how we're like zooming or like what angle we're looking at stuff that i you know i get what you're trying to do here yeah but i don't think you're doing it right or it's really working right right, in that movie so it didn't you know get there I gave this movie a 10. Wow, that's and, awesome. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> I've got like... That was a little better than what I thought. I've got like two possible movies, Damn. right? I've, I've still got two movies to watch. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, 
you know, throw this out for anyone listening. You know, I've got till Friday to do Critics' Choice nominations, so yeah. I have to watch them right now, right? right, right. But <laughs> um, I've got two movies to watch that I feel like have any chance of being good or, yeah. or that I'm really going to like. Um, but barring those two movies, this is easily going to be the best movie of the year mm, for that's me. That's awesome. Uh, I liked everything that happened in this movie. That's cool. Literally. And, and everything, I think, it, when I was watching the movie yeah. and all this stuff happens, right? Yeah. There's like animated parts. There's these parts where, you know, he's got like a big thing where he wants the camera to like sit still and right. have stuff happen. Yeah. You, you know, people come in from the side and run by or, yep. you know, whatever. And he's also got this thing where he wants this this weird like, you know, in Grand Budapest Hotel, um, there was like the ski part where I, it's like yeah, we I'm have to look say. at things in a weird way right. or whatever. And in this movie, he does all those same things. Yep. But in this movie, I'm like, that's what you were trying to do before. It's all the and bicycle now it stuff. works, yeah. right? Like yep. now it makes sense. Even like the animation, like you go a really long time before there's animation. Yeah. And then, and so you don't think maybe it's not coming or whatever, right. but it's like watching, you know, Terry Jones and Monty Python where it's like it's all coming. of a sudden we're having, some, yeah. <laughs> we're having some animation. Yep. And I was like, see, I, I like that version yeah, of cool. animation because... You know, it makes sense in right. telling the story of somebody writing a story, of somebody telling a story, of yeah. like all this other stuff going on. And I'm like, but now, I, like, I get it. And it was uh, the only mm, thing that I, cool. the only thing that I would maybe change about this movie. And, you know, I didn't watch this movie. And I mean, every time we review a movie, we're like, well, but you should have done this or I can yeah, make right, it better or right. whatever. And I was like, I don't know, man. That's pretty solid. Uh, like, uh, I'm psyched you loved it. Like, I I liked everything. The only thing that I kind of wish about this movie is I wish there actually was a little bit more of Bill Murray. Yeah, me too. And and th so the best thing about this movie for me is that, um, like, I thought everyone in it was good. Um, I could have had a little bit less Tilda Swinton if I could have traded her for a for, little bit more Bill Murray. Yep. Uh, because I just didn't need her really, right. and there there is a point where I'm like, whatever you're trying to do with her, it's like she's hidden. done it, and right. and we're just still going, right. and you could yeah, it's not working, not anymore. have it anymore, yep. right? Totally agree. Um, but the best thing about this movie for me is like, um, it's like when people like talk about science fiction in general as a genre, right? The theory, if we have a theory, and you're actually trying to write yeah. something for good reasons, is that you know, you do something that you can't really do, that people can't really do, right? Uh, or have to deal with things that people don't really have to deal with. Because now, look, it's science fiction and it's all right. fake and everything. In order to, you know, like show you things about real people, yeah, you know, and and right. I don't know. Anyway, to get the story around to, you know, it's like Dune, right? It's yeah. like all this stuff that's not real in order to talk about all this stuff what that's is, completely real. What right? is real, yeah. And this one was, uh, so the movie for me here was like to tell a story using this movie, and though it's not science fiction, it's bonkers, yeah. <laughs> right? Which I think in some sense bonkers is its own brand of science fiction, right? It's <laughs> right, like this yeah. is not real right. in, in any sense, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, in order to try and, tell something that 
is impossible to tell, right. which is basically like the relationship of writers and editors. Yeah. And then actually like deliver that, even though Bill Murray is hardly ever in the movie. Right. And, and by the end of the movie, yeah. like you totally get it. Yeah. Right. And all of the stuff that happens with uh, Owen Wilson and why he's screwy and why people who are writers have to have editors. Right. And why people who are writers are, are not necessarily aware of what they're doing that's good mm-hmm. and what they're doing that isn't as good. Right. Or why what they're doing is good or yeah. like all these things. And it was um, such a weird kind of like, uh, so uh, I didn't mention this at the beginning, but uh, the story is really the New Yorker. Yeah. And at least two of the stories are basically based on real stories, stories that yeah. were in the New Yorker. Yeah. And like the movie is sort of like this weird love letter to the existence of the New Yorker right. at all and everything. Um, but there was it, somehow you suddenly got like all this stuff in when you get to the end where it's like how the people come up with writing stuff and what works about writing stuff and why they don't know what's good, even though, even when it's them, yeah, like right. that's good. Right. And still, you know, he, you know, takes what they write and makes it into like the best version of it right. because they are such weirdos right. themselves that, you know, they can do like the great writing really. Yeah. But they are, you know, in their own other world. Right. And like, you know, he's, it was, I don't know. It was, the, the I best, thought it was great. He, and it's so easy to portray, not from all these other newspaper films and magazine films, but it's just, the subtlety part of that's just Bill Murray, but the subtlety of him walking in, and and his line, I'm and I'm mangling it like write it like you meant to write it that way, like, right? That's right. perfect, but without the the firm but malleable hands of a good editor, you, your talent will just spin off into a gyroscope somewhere, and they'll right. get invested in some pepper if they're writing about food, and then you've got four thousand words about this, and they're like, wait. We're not writing about this. You got to right, bring right. this back to here. Every single time he appears, and like when he's with Frances McDormand, and she's in this very Wes Anderson room, writing in a very Wes Anderson shot. Right, right. And he opens the door, slides in. She kind of like is putting things, you know, over, and he just sees the manuscript. He sits down, just starts picking it up and flipping through, and he's eh, okay. Right. That's that's a hundred percent. Like that's what that happens. When he's talking to both of the guys, you know, at the front and at the back where he's like, you know, I think this is your story and I wouldn't cut that, you know, and you're just like the economy of words that an editor speaks to their talent in is, is like the economy of a story. It should be just perfectly like direct and meaningful and not surgically damaging. And it was just like watching him maneuver around and I'm like, damn, now he's under the blanket, like all their... We've got all the Bill Murray we're going to get right. out of these scenes. Right. And it wasn't, not not that it wasn't hard to do, but his character is just so easy to get behind because you know that that's what an editor would have to be at a place like this publication. It was so much fun, right. you know? And I, I agree. I thought 
as the movie's getting on, I'm like, well, there's no Edward Norton in these films. You know, that's too bad. And then suddenly, boom, there he is. I'm like, <laughs> I was waiting for all the cast to show up, you know. Just like that happened when the film went animation, like you said, I'm like, I thought we were getting out of this without any animation because right. it's pretty close to the end of the film. Yeah. And then it's not just like a blip. Like we, we 10, 15 minutes of animated stuff and right. it's all, um, it's all very amusingly Wes Anderson stuff. It's so weird to use the guy's name as like the descriptor, but those things, those things were really, really right. fun. Yeah. And like when we get to like, basically the end where we've got like the last story and Bill Murray is like reading it yeah. and he's like, why'd you cut that or yeah. whatever? And he's like, or, or what's, what's that? And like, he gets it out of the trash or something. Yeah, right. And then he reads that. And so he reads that part and he's like, that's the whole reason for writing right. it. And then the writer guy goes, I disagree. And you're like, exactly. Cause you don't know what, right, what you're, you're actually doing. doing right. right. And there's, um, you know, there is, especially with that last part, and everyone in the movie is so good, but yeah. especially in that last part, there is, uh, it's like a very Wes Anderson thing that you're trying to do. Yeah. Uh, so it's a good thing you so have Wes Anderson doing, doing it. it. Yeah. Because it's, it's basically trying to sell the idea that it, what the writer is, some real thing happened. Yeah. Right? But what the writer is writing is some bonkers right. fictionalization of the thing that didn't happen. Right. And then like the editor is trying to make it so that like, there's a point to writing we're that story. Yeah. And so now we're like watching the things happen, but they're what the writer wrote. Right. Like not, not what happened, the actual thing. Right. Them. And I think like the prison one, which is difficult and maybe a little bit long, um, but yeah, I, the prison one is so great because it's so completely surreal mm -hmm. in every way that it's what the person wrote, yeah. right? Like not the real events right. of whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think that's also like a really cool, you know, it was very, for me, it felt just the slightest bit like LA story, you know, like yeah. we watch him painting. Right. And he's like, you know, got the nude woman in front of him. And then we come around to, and it was, it reminded me of, you know, Steve Martin when he's like describing the painting. And yep. then we come around and it's and just it, like, I don't even remember the painting now, but it's just like all blue. It's just all, it's, right. or it's, whatever it yeah, is. It's think, just some moderate, it's like blue right. with like one line. Yeah. And Steve Martin goes on for like 10 minutes. But we're watching him paint it and you think what that he's doing you're going to be yeah. seeing and yeah. whatever. And then, uh, and then the, the art dealer, See, the, yeah, Adrian is like, Brody and his fit, right? Yeah, when he's coming <laughs> right. in and he's selling like this is the new femininity, and and Henry Winkler and the other guy are just looking at this and he's like, "There's a lot of red, <laughs> right. There's patterns in here," and he's like, "Yeah," and I'm looking at that and I'm like, I always look at stuff like that just out of the film for a second, and I'm like, "How do you know that's not upside down?" Right, like, but again. The, the process of going through that story is almost perfectly for Benicio to do that guy. Right. Because that's who I think he is almost anyway. <laughs> just walking around. Right, right. And, and when it finally comes to like, you know, his next installation and then he realizes the problem and just Adrian Brody is just such a fun microphone for what Wes Anderson sees as that corner of the world, right. you know, and he, he's hamming it up. I mean, he's doing, he's doing some bit of stuff, but it was fun to see Adrian Brody act again. 
you know, right, yeah. and it was fun to see him in a role that was was interesting there. I'm stunned he never cast him. Adrian Brody fits perfectly in the scene earlier in that segment where, you know, they're in prison. So there's all these people and there are all these shots on all these prisoners. And they're just like, I mean, they're just average looking people, but they're not. They have right. like extenuating like features. Like right, somebody right. has like the longest face and the most bulbous cheekbones. And one guy's got no lips, they're, but they're like, eyes uh, and, they're like, mug shots on the right. wall in a cartoon. It, it looked exactly where it looked like characters, caricatures, but they are real people. And I'm like, Wes Anderson just likes oddity. Right. But, but if there's enough oddity there, everything's even. Right. And then all of a sudden you have Brody's face and that dude's got a weird face too. But it just fits and everything is just having a blast. I I re this this psychs me up. This makes me think that Rewatching it, I must have just been not in the right mood, or there were all these other things going on. It doesn't mean that I will love it, but it it makes me feel like there's just something there. Sometimes there's a film it just doesn't land the first time, and sometimes when you rewatch something, you're like, "Hell, right. it's great. There's a lot of fun. There's no singing, yeah. So that's that's fantastic. But um, for some reason, for me. And I wasn't pining for the first story, but for some reason for me, the Chalamet McDormand thing started dragging. And it feels different because the right, the third one, despite the animation, with all of his heavy monologuing, because he's a, oh, yeah, yeah. he's a guy who just goes on and on and on about all of these things and in a very smart, funny, acerbic kind of way. But man, there's just something there. That's the one that ultimately seemed to drag more than the second one, but there's just something missing in that it's, second one. It's also especially... And I think that killed the momentum for me, if that makes sense, because I did like the first yeah, one maybe. a lot. Something happened in that second, and we didn't, you know, when I when I was watching it, it wasn't like we had a package delivery or we stopped for dinner. Like, we we watched that film, um, but I lost something in that second to get to the transition, because I like the third one. Right. You right. know, and for me, it just felt uneven. I wonder if that wasn't just something else that happened. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, but that... Uh, the. Timothy Chalamet one, uh, speaking of that, you know, that's the one where um, it's like you wanted the screenplay, like the dialogue that's happening in there is. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, it it reminds me anyway of like, you know, old like Walt Whitman. Right. uh, Yeah. Movies like um, Barcelona Uh and like Metropolitan and stuff where it's like all of a sudden you're like. You know, if you like blink, you like miss three Dumb. sentences, right? right? And you're yeah. like, oh, I've, like, what are they all saying? And they're, yeah. and they're, uh, I mean, it's so like precise, everything mm-hmm. that they're saying. Most of it is like really funny, but nobody is saying right. it yeah. as though they're saying something funny. funny. Yeah. So you don't, you're like, you're not prepared for it, right? right. Like they just are like, it just lands and you're blah, like, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, and then it's like, you know, 30 seconds later, you're like, oh, what? And right. because they've already said like 10 more sentences or whatever, like they're running through it. It makes you really like go, pay attention. Man, and the dive. screenplay yeah. is like, <laughs> like and if you go it, through it. His, his, his visual style is always going to be expanding. I feel like this is similar, but very different than Grand Budapest, which was a lot of Benny Hill running through doors and music, like crazy fun, right. kinetic thing. This is almost all just like, put it on a steady panning shot and go through like buildings and then like universities and like right. the, the choreography to walk through and, all and those like, scenes looks 
I'm sure it's at, like sure it's at the blocked. beginning. Yeah. When that waiter goes Dude, up the, to the top that. of the thing. When he's going through the Rube Goldberg <laughs> stairs and doors and I'm like, what the? And then he gets to the top and he's like, all right, I'm gonna have my shot now. You right. Know? And he takes his, you know, and I'm just like, I love this. I'm right. into this. I'm already and here. And they put like, I gotta you know, he this. puts like 15 things on that tray oh, and yeah. then goes and yeah. starts going up to the top of the thing. And then at one point he has to put the thing on a... <laughs> On like a, it's like a dumb waiter. Yeah, yeah, so that he can climb the stairs. Yeah, uh, that's <laughs> so Wes Anderson. I, I mean, that is that for me is a lot of the movie in itself. That's like yeah. the microcosm of this movie, right? right? Like if you don't like that, then you then don't stop, don't right? watch the movie, right? right? Because yeah. if you don't think that that is like a that it's like fun to watch, but b that it's like telling you something. See. Right. Like that is there is like a story in that part, even though it seems like, oh, yeah, I'm just watching this, you know, convoluted thing happening, whatever. But like there's a story there about what, you know, life is like at this place with these people and stuff. And and what life is like for Wes Anderson when he looks at something and he's like, well, this is how I'd do it. Right. Like in a way, that's the sensibility of the film in a way you're going to see. And it's also one of its handful of spirit animals like that's that's what i'm here for right like i came for that like right. i'm psyched to get it in the first scene. and there is like i said there is yeah. so much of this movie and like you know i've watched grand budapest hotel again like more than once since oh, we original since we originally saw it yeah and uh and i'm i'm really still at the same place but like i said at the beginning there's all these things that he uses in that yeah that he uses here yeah. that I that I feel like he uses them here and I'm like exactly right. that's like how you use that and yeah. it's like you know perfectly does the job that doing that can do yeah. right when he does the weird shots when he does uh these you know, he, like he does these ones, like I said, uh, on the skis and the Grand Budapest, yeah. where it's like you're almost looking at it from like through a tunnel or, yep. you know, he does these elongated distances and weird yeah. things. But he does all these things in this movie. And I'm like, but see here it works. Yeah. Even with uh, like that scene that you talked about where she's sitting in the room and the thing is on the chair and Bill oh, Murray yeah. comes in and start, yeah. starts looking at it. But we're watching it from seeing the whole thing, right? And the camera doesn't move, and and we're you know back of the room, yep. and we just watch it all happen. Even like that, it's like it seems like nothing, right? But right. it's such a like deliberate choice of how that is being filmed and who yeah. is moving where, when, and all this stuff. Yeah, and like all the stuff in this, I thought even there were a, there were a couple that are like kind of longish. Uh, shots um not real long but it, like all the things i'm like that is how you get that to actually right. do what you were trying to do in the other movie when i didn't think it worked that great yeah you know? maybe and maybe it was a warm-up there too his, his sometimes we're in black and white and then every once in a while we pop into color right right and there's a reason for it like i you know it's not like rosebud or anything i'm not gonna uh-huh. but right. you know there are things where and then it goes right back into black and white yeah th- th- there's there's definitely i have such an appreciation for watching him tell a story that that's that's a rare one speaking of screenplays where you look at that and you're like i bet that's just a hell of a read right because does it really describe or does it just simply say you know Johnson moves from left to right across the scene through <laughs> right, several right, office right. buildings and bathhouses and brothel stations and just, you know, <laughs> right. these things. And you're like, 
how the hell are you going to do that? And he goes, I'll show you. Right. I'll show you right, right now. I got it all storyboarded, you know, or I got the little diorama. I'll just right. crank this wheel and this little marionette will move. <laughs> and you're like, who the hell are you? You know, right. and you get this is what you want. So, right. yeah. All right. Uh, So we're already over time. So next week, uh, as I said, we'll be catching up with a lot of stuff. Um, Next week is going to start. My guess would be we're going to be doing like four or five things at a time and trying to do justice to all of them. Yeah. Uh, But we will at least have like things like the power of the dog and House of Gucci and um, and hopefully several others. Right. I mean, there will definitely be several others. Just depends on what they are. Um. Yeah, but it is like on time. Why couldn't they have released all these films <clears throat> earlier in the year when, yeah, you know, because, let's all do it in December? Because. Yeah, because. They suck. Yeah. All right. Thanks for tuning in, <laughs> yeah. and uh, we'll see you next week. Right. Thanks. Bye. Hey, listeners. On behalf of myself and Shane Leonard, we want to thank you for tuning in once again. The Are You Screening podcast is brought to you by areyouscreening.com and a lot of wonderful people who help us out. Surf over to areyouscreening.podbean.com or areyouscreening.com to find out how you can become one of them. All music used in our podcast is courtesy Andrew Lord. Once again, please, please, please subscribe, rate us on iTunes, review us on iTunes, and otherwise trick your friends into listening to us. Good night. <laughs>